It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Raptors. On today's show, we are talking about the Raptors starting lineup and what it should be on opening day of the season next week against the Wizards. And then also what it should look like when Pascal Siakam finally returns from injury. And we're going to do that with the wonderful Javon Shepard from television. You've seen him on Sportsnet, CBC, talking in the Canadian Elite Basketball League, the Raptors and everything in between, Canada basketball. He's fantastic. And he is on today's show to talk all about the Raptors starting lineup stick around oh like because when I shot I expected to make it so like I don't shoot kind of miss you are locked on Raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1035 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, October the 14th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And, of course, you can find the podcast on all of your favorite podcast providers and on YouTube for free across all those platforms. So please follow, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a rating, leave a review. All of the different apps ask you to do different things to support the podcast you like, but do them on whichever app you prefer, and it's much appreciated. Uh, all right, on today's show, we are joined by a wonderful guest, a former uh, play-by-play color commentary duo with myself, and uh, now doing far more uh, important things and working with far more talented people on Sportsnet, CBC, and everywhere in between. It is Javon Shepard, former Canadian national teamer and man who still refuses to play me one-on-one and is using COVID as cover. Javon, how's it going, man? <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared to play you one-on-one, Sean. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm great. The and thing now is, we're Javon, back together. I got, I got to deal with you again. Yeah, I know. You got to deal with me. I'm sorry. It'll be a one-off thing. It's not every day like it was when we were doing the CEBL bubble uh, a year and a half ago or so. Um, yeah, the, the the thing is, you know, we haven't played one-on-one. I'm far more interested, actually, in recruiting you for the Raptors Republic 3-on-3 tournament as a teammate of my own. Um, that's kind of been my MO over the years is I'm usually the worst player on my team, but I'm the best recruiter. So the Raptors uh, HQ or Locked On Raptors team is typically the top blogger team in the category. So uh, we'll have to talk. Uh, we'll talk to your agent maybe and see if we can sign you up, Javon. But uh, <laughs> have, have your people call my people, man. Just give me some time to get in shape. Sounds good. I also will need that. Uh, that's why I'm not playing in this year's Raptors Republic tournament. I was asked to play, and I just I don't think I would have the cardio for it at all, nor the like the ability to shake off the rust of not playing basketball in two years. Um, Javon, you're here today. We're going to talk about the Raptors starting lineup decisions. Uh, you know, the Gary Trent Jr. versus Goran Dragic question, the Precious Achua versus Kem Birch question, which I think maybe didn't 
really seem like all that much of a debate coming into training camp, but because we saw a lot of pressures and not so much Birch, that might be a question. And then also we're going to dig into what the starting five should look like when Pascal Siakam returns. Does Scotty Barnes figure into that at all? We'll get to all of that today. But Javon, let's just start with, I think, the biggest sort of swing point in the Raptors starting five, which is that two-guard spot next to Fred Van Vliet. You know, we've seen Goran Dragic start. We've seen Gary Trent Jr. start. We obviously have seen Gary Trent Jr. play a little bit more with the Raptors than Goran Dragic, although not that much, admittedly. Um, I'm curious, just based on what you saw in the preseason and with how the lineups figure to, you know, look in terms of the starters, the reserves, how they kind of get those in-between lineups going as well, who do you think should start between Gary Trent Jr. or Goran Dragic? Or is there a surprise extra starter at the two-guard spot that you want to throw into the mix? I think if we're if we're comparing those two guys, I'm gonna go Gary Trent Jr. Um, mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. I, I think obviously Gary's a little younger. I shouldn't maybe a little more than a little, but um, <laughs> he's he's younger. Uh, and I think you know when when I'm listening to Coach Nurse speak, and you're looking at this mm-hmm. team, this is a defensive-minded team. Uh, two two games ago, he led the team in deflections with with ten, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show the effort that he's making. If you're looking at this team, everybody, you know, six, eight, six, nine across the board, neither one of these guys are defensive specialists, but he's making that extra effort. He's also played better in the preseason. I think if you're building a, if you're building a foundation fundamentally um, ground up, I would invest more in Gary Trent because one, he's younger, he's played better. And you, um, Goran 35, right? He's going to take yeah. a little longer to, to get get into the season, get get his flow going this season. Um, I don't know if you have the luxury or or need to have the luxury of of waiting on that, right? Uh, mm-hmm. this is, obviously, this is not a championship team for this year. Masai said it himself is a team that we're building, team for the future. You're going to be competitive right now. So, with that being said, why not invest in some of your younger legs and some of the guys that are developing, getting better, and doing what the coach is asking. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a really well taken point. And, you know, the, the, it's very clear the investment in Gary Trent Jr., the three years, 56 million or whatever it was, is clearly a lot more than the guy who's probably going to be dealt by the deadline if things line up. Or maybe they keep him. I don't know. Maybe they're good enough to just kind of ride with Goran Dragic. They have had a history of just letting it ride as well. But the investment is very clearly significantly greater in Gary Trent Jr. And I also just think like, the way the lineups work, I think Trent fits really nicely in that starting five, even until Pascal Siakam comes back. Honestly, even more so until Pascal Siakam comes back from one perspective in that, you know, he's an extra sort of outlet for, you know, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes to be starting at the four, Fred Van Vliet to just find and sort of leverage the attention that they're going to draw and, you know, hopefully head up, you know, hit up Gary Trent Jr. with a ton of open looks. You know, the counterpoint is that, Without Siakam, the ball handling, the playmaking, the shooting in the Raptors starting five is going to be kind of limited. And maybe there's an argument to be made that Goran Dragic is the better pick because he has more sort of typical traditional ball handling chops. You know, Gary Trent Jr. doesn't have that sort of downhill ability to get to the basket. He's got a nice little counter in the mid-range game, but he can kind of get a little bit sort of tunnel vision-y sometimes on offense where Dragic, you'd figure, will kind of keep the offense flowing a little bit more. That said, I think having Dragic with the bench and playing next to Malachi Flynn, who is kind of similarly Gunner-esque as Gary Trent Jr. at this point, having Dragic to kind of be the adult in the room in that second unit, I think makes a lot of sense too. 
you know, can, can you speak to how, how you feel about what it would look like with Dragic just kind of running that bench unit? You know, as much as his ball handling might be nice in that starting five, maybe it's not so necessary if Scotty Barnes is handling the ball and setting guys up as much as he was in the preseason. I think it's a much better position for him. One, you look at his age. If you put him in that starting lineup, you're expecting a bigger load. He's also going to have to guard, mm-hmm. you know, the other teams, opposing teams, best scorer or, or their two guard, their one guard. That's a lot. You're expecting a lot from a guy like that. Obviously, he's he's had some injury problems in the past. You want him to be able to ease his way into a comfortable situation where he can be impactful for this team. With that second unit, he can come in. He can find guys. He can he can navigate. He can, you know, get guys to their strengths where they where they're where they're comfortable on the court. Um, and again, mm-hmm. you're going to have a number of guys that are six eight, six nine on the perimeter. He's there to find guys. He wants to play in that pick and roll, so he can get downhill. Just get to, you know, create advantages for himself and create advantages for his team where now he can just kick out, find guys slashing to the basket, and they can continue to play athletic. Um, He comes in with that unit. Again, the emphasis there is going to be on the defensive end. He doesn't have to worry too much on on, in the half court because these guys are going to get stops in the open court, in the half court. They're going to get out and run. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where he can really flourish. And again, if if you have him in that second unit, he doesn't have to worry about uh, defending opposing teams better uh, players. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you think back to uh, the many times that Kyle Lowry cooked the Miami Heat. Oftentimes, it was Goran Dragic guarding him. So uh, as much as Gary Trent Jr., I think, disappointed on defense last season, I think you're right in the point that you made earlier and that he's been a lot more sort of attentive and aggressive and hunting those deflections, kind of doing the things that you want to see from a defender in a Nick Nurse defense more so that he did last year. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Like it's difficult to pick up Nick Nurse's system on a good day, let alone in the back part of a garbage time season where the team's mired in a one and 13 stretch because COVID's taken over the entire operation. So yeah, I, I think we're both in agreement. I, I think at this point, Gary Trent Jr. is kind of the pick for the two guard starting job as much as he can kind of be a frustrating dude. And maybe he needs to kind of have those heat check tendencies tamp down a little bit so he's not derailing from the flow of the half-court offense I think he fits there and you know that is sort of a change in how I felt from the start of the preseason right I thought Dragic because of the way things were going to be tricky in the half-court without Siakam I thought he might be the move but with the way Scotty Barnes has played and playmaked and handled the ball so much yeah his shooting is a bit of a concern still of course but I think you balance that out quite nicely with Gary Trent Jr. who is as smooth shooting a guy as is on the team so we're in agreement there we will move into, in the second here, the question of Kem Birch and Precious Achua for the center job before uh, Pascal Siakam returns. Maybe there's a change in how things are oriented when Siakam gets back. We'll get to, that, get to that at the very end of the show. But now we're going to talk about Achua versus Birch. But before we do that, just want to tell you about our friends over at Sweatblock. And look, I've been talking about Sweatblock for a little while now because I'm a customer and I'm a very pleased customer with what Sweatblock has done for me. I sweat a lot and lots of people sweat a lot. It's totally okay. It's not like it's a bad thing or anything. It's just nature, baby. But if it's a problem for you, if you're having to choose your shirts based on which colors hide sweat better and all that stuff, there is an answer to those problems, and it is with the dry shirt guarantee of Sweatblock and their Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. They've also got deodorant and a bunch of other great products for you to test out as well. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to sleep, and then the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, it works. I use it, and it is 
really a game changer as someone who was always kind of worried about, uh-oh, is this color too bright? Is it going to show through? I guess I'll just wear the black t-shirt today as a result. No longer is that the case. I get to add colors to my wardrobe now, which is very, very exciting. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you got to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. You can also find it at Amazon or CBS. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with uh, former Canadian national teamer Javon Shepard now doing wonderful analysis on all sorts of different local basketball teams. It's fantastic. We love Javon and very glad he's here on the show today. Uh, We've got center discussion to have now. Javon, Precious Achua, Kem Birch, the battle to start at center to begin the season. It felt like coming into camp, that Kem Birch was kind of the incumbent to be moved off, right? He was so good down the stretch last year, really kind of expanded his repertoire, expanded the sort of different things he could do on the floor beyond what he was asked to do with Orlando, which was not much, as he kind of said. You know, they kind of looked at him and said, all right, you're Kem Birch, and we will not expand you at all. You stay Kem Birch, and that's it. And he came to Toronto and expanded a whole bunch, and I think we are in line to see a lot more of that this season. That said, Precious Achua's looked pretty damn good in the preseason. You know, some wonky shooting nights here and there, but for the most part, the handle is really impressive. The rim protection, despite being six foot eight, has been really impressive. Blowing up pick and rolls, lobs, things like that. You know, there's lots to like about Precious Achua. I guess it's one of them good problems to have, considering where the center situation was last season. But Javon, my question to you is: Day one, who should be starting at center, Kem Birch or Precious Achua? I think right now we're all we're all probably leaning, leaning towards Precious. Um, we've had a mm-hmm. bit more time, a smaller sample size, small sample size, but just a bit more time that's, that's fresh in front of us to really see him and see what he could do. Like last year, he was limited uh, playing behind Bam. And mm-hmm. now you're getting to understand he's, he's actually a pretty big talent. He can do a number of mm-hmm. things on the court. That's going to come down to matchups. I think that that situation there is going to switch from game to game. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Kim is coming off of, you know, getting off of recovering from COVID. So it's going to mm-hmm. take him a little time to get his win, get going, and just get into flow and rhythm of things. As well, there's a number of new faces on this team right now. There's a lot to adjust to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Achua right now, what I'm impressed with is he's a guy that snags rebounds and he can push the ball two, three dribbles, and he's up over half. What does yeah. that do? That helps this team because you have those horses on the wing that are running and bouncing down off the baseline. He can get them the ball. So he can initiate the offense, rather, excuse me, and then you can get something early. Or now you, you you can set it up. And it goes back to our conversation earlier is that maybe with, with a guy like that, you can push the ball two dribbles and initiate your offense. You might not need that second ball handler, right? Those mm-hmm. guys can get up the perimeter. You can get something going there. And then if not, then you get it back to your guard. Get it back to a Fred. Get it back to a Goron. And now set up your half-court offense. This, can't be, this is not going to be a, a half-court offensive team, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where he has a slight edge right now. He's in a bit more rhythm, in a bit more shape. Uh, than than Kem would be, and then defensively, what he brings, man, like his motor, the switchability on that defensive end can guard one through five. If you're asking me, but it's it's that motor, um, and that's something yeah. that you you can't really teach, you you can't learn, and coaches can't coach that. I think if you get into a matchup where 
um, you have some one of some of those bigger lumbering bigs that can score, then you're looking at you're looking at maybe putting Kim on, right? And I, yeah. and I think they both, you know, the, the luxury here and the beauty in this is that they both have two separate skill sets that can be applied and that can offset not having that that Mark Gasol or that size that that um, girth down low that uh, the team has lacked. So, you know, with both of them, I think this is a perfect a perfect couple to have. Um, and they can offset that missing that, you know, that big lumbering big that, that, uh, the Raptors don't have. Yeah. I mean, if if there is a lack of something on this team, girth is certainly the thing you're looking at more girth. I say, uh, (laughs) (laughs) someone's going to quote that clip and share it around and it's going to be weird. Uh, anyway, so I think I'm with you as well in that I've kind of been turned. I, I thought Birch was like a totally fine option to start. The, and, you know, it was kind of my expectation coming in. But I almost wonder, just in terms of the way you structure your lineups, and I, I don't know if the Raptors are going to go hockey changes or whatever it is. Like, they typically haven't under Nick Nurse. It's been very rare. You know, I guess the 2017-18 season, which was, I believe, a Dwayne Casey season, was the last time they really went with, uh, all right, here's our five bench guys we're going to roll out. And the bench mob was awesome. It's also pretty tough to replicate what they had with the bench mob that season. So I would imagine we're going to see some staggering. Maybe you have to do a little bit less because Goran Dragic can kind of run that second unit next to Malachi Flynn and you have capable ball handling out there. I think a lot of that hinges on how well Flynn plays and all that. But I am really curious to see if maybe you just kind of, with your starters, lean fully into the, we're the Raptors, we defend like maniacs, we're all fast, we can all grab and go, and we're going to play this like high-octane defense and offense style with Van Vliet, Trent, Oh, Ananobi Barnes to start. I'm assuming is going to be the starting forward. Just kind of working under that assumption, and then uh, Precious Achua. You know, kind of light on shooting, but I-, I think the defense kind of overcomes it. And then you know, you still have three knockdown shooters in OG Trent and Fred. So maybe it's not so sort of tough spacing wise as it kind of seems from the thought that you have Achua and Barnes out there. Either way. I think there's something to the idea of leaning into that identity with your starters. And then the second unit may be kind of giving a bit of a different look. You know, the Raptors don't run a lot of pick and roll. I think there was a stat yesterday. I apologize. I can't remember who I saw it from, but the Raptors ran the second least pick and roll in the NBA in the preseason. And it carried over a trend from last year where they ran very little pick and roll comparatively to the rest of the league. I wonder if maybe there's a way to kind of maximize the strengths of Malachi Flynn and Ken Birch. We saw Birch as a pretty reliable role man last season. Malachi Flynn came out of college projected as this amazing pick and roll operator. I believe he was 95th percentile as a pick and roll playmaker, a uh, pick and roll scorer, I believe uh, during his time at San Diego state, really impressive stuff. I wonder if that second unit where you throw in, you know, Chris Boucher when he's back, Yuta Watanabe, who really kind of upticked his eagerness to shoot threes, Sfima Hailuk, who has obviously really impressed and is a clear, clear three-point shooter. If you run like a spread pick and roll with your second unit with Flynn at the point of attack or Dragic and then the other one spotting up with a couple shooters and then Cam Birch, I feel like that might be a recipe for a kind of smooth-looking second-unit offense, which the Raptors have not had in ages. Uh, what are your thoughts on that idea, Javon? Is it too – and also, you know, it's also worth noting, it's too simplistic to just say, here's the two sets of lineups. You know, they're going to have mishmash lineups and lineups in between, but, you know, the starters obviously determine how the rest of the game is going to go rotation-wise. What are your thoughts on sort of those dueling identities that maybe you throw different looks at teams with your starters versus your reserves? You know, I, I don't think you're going to have, you know, those those hockey subs. I I, th- I just mm-hmm. think basketball is really a game of rhythms. So you're going to have yeah. guys that play well. You're going to have guys that are going to play bad. And you've seen that in, in, in the preseason itself. But what I what I do agree with is that, you know, 
you have Malachi potentially coming with that second unit. You have Goran potentially coming with that that second unit. And these guys work in the pick and roll, right? You mm-hmm. now have Kim. You now have Boucher. Guys that when you get downhill and get into that pick and roll are looking for for you to lob it up and, and get mm-hmm. easy finishes on the basket there. So I, I do think that can be a strength for that unit right there. Um, being a bit more, if you have Goran coming in, have a bit more poise, maturity there, and just understanding surveying the court and then getting to your getting to your shooters, but you're right. Like it, it can be two different ideas, um, depending on who's that that lead guard. If you have mm-hmm. Malachi, he wants to get downhill, he wants to score. If you have Goran running, he's going to want to survey the court. He's going to get in pick and roll and look for guys um, and fan out as well. And that's where you're going to get your your knockdown shots and so forth. So the hockey subs is out of out of the equation. Um, mm-hmm. We know Nurse likes to do a lot of you know unorthodox things but i just think this this team is too well-rounded um too athletic to really need to go with you know a, a second line first line type unit sure. it's really yeah. just going to be who's who's rolling at the time and i think that can that's always going to step up it's always going to change from game to game secondly i think with the the length and we've heard it time and time again we've heard it numerous times we're probably gonna get tired of hearing it with the length yep. of this team there's always going to be a mismatch on the court Right. There's sure you can go six eight across the board. Somebody's gonna have somebody that's six five, six five on them, a defender that's six five on them. You don't need maybe we don't need a pick and roll there. We find that matchup, sure. get that ball into the post and let them work. And Scotty sure. Barnes has done a good job of that as well. Like we have a couple of times we've seen him get it in the low block, not looking to score yet. I think that aggression mm-hmm. will come later. But what he's doing is is surveying the court and seeing guys that are cutting, seeing guys that are flashing. Gary Trent's been good at that. Um, and then you get open shooters from there as well. So there's a variety of things that this unit can do, and that's that's the special, that's the beauty in this team. Yes, we, we don't know who the closer is yet. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have a guy that's going to give you 35 a night, but you have a number of guys that can give you 10, 10 and 10 on the board, can get can guarantee you a double-double, and that's, that's special. That's tough to guard. Sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be really kind of a, a whack-a-mole situation for a lot of defenses. Look, do I think the Raptors are going to be like a top 10 offense? No, I think it's going to be, you know, a little bit laborious at times. But, you know, the number of guys that they have who can handle the ball, bring it up the floor, grab and go, like it's going to lead to a pretty diverse and difficult to sort of deal with attack. Um, and, you know, I, I think Precious Achua kind of just going back to the center question, I think the way that he's kind of flashed the playmaking off the start of the season, I mean, that's another way to potentially help mitigate the loss of Siakam, right? Is He's definitely a more sort of seasoned ball handler than Ken Burch is at this point. Maybe that's a way to kind of mitigate the loss of uh, Siakam for the first month or so. And on that note, we should talk about Pascal Siakam because he's going to return and he's going to start when he does. And that is going to change the complexion of the starting five. Maybe it won't. We will talk about that in just one second and dig into maybe Scotty Barnes should find a way in the starting five. And what does that mean for Gary Trent Jr. or Precious Achua? We'll get to that in one second here. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag who are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year with a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. It will also be a source of a lot of the lines in our annual over-under spectacular next Monday and Tuesday with Vivek and Sahal. That's going to be a ton of fun, and BetOnline is going to be helping out quite a bit with that 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's the promo code locked on to get that bonus. If you put in 100 bucks, you get 150 bucks to play with off the top. That is a great deal from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Javon, let's round this thing out. Uh, Pascal Siakam, probably looking around uh, Thanksgiving in the States as to when he might return. That's kind of a soft deadline. We're not really sure just yet. Haven't been a ton of updates. Seems like it's all progressing in a good direction. Haven't been any setbacks or anything like that as reported, but... Uh, still looking at about a month without Pascal Siakam in the Raptors lineup, which is obviously going to be very difficult for the Raptors to negotiate with. That said, he's going to return at some point, and that's going to change this kind of conversation we've been having about what the starting five and second units are going to look like. He's going to slot in. He's going to be the starting four next to OG. Fred will be in the starting five as well. I think Gary Trent Jr. makes even more sense when Pascal Siakam is back at the two guard, kind of amplifies the effect he might have with Siakam, OG, and Fred all creating with him kind of hovering around them. And the center position, you know, you could sort of look at the same arguments that apply and say, Precious Achua, throw him in there and be long and weird and athletic and maniacal, and you've got it all set. That said, I've made the point earlier this week on the podcast, and I think a lot of people have kind of started to realize this. I want to see Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananobi play together as much as possible this season. I think the defensive potential with that is incredible. I think the sort of ball handling, whack-a-mole potential to sort of keep defenses off kilter is really, really exciting. I think it would be super fun. And I think the beauty is that Scotty Barnes can kind of play anywhere right now. And I don't think the Raptors are beholden to positions whatsoever. He could be the two in a super big lineup. They could go small and start him at the five. And I think, you know, we've seen him be be used as a screener and stuff like that so far in the preseason. Seems like that's a role they have in mind for him in at least some sort of capacity this year. So let me ask you, Javon, when Pascal Siakam comes back, what does your starting five look like? And is Scotty Barnes involved? Obviously, we don't have the month of sort of game action to help us make this decision. So let's just assume we're making it right now. We And it's going to be set in stone as of today. So wait, before, because I want clarity on this, because we've agreed on everything yeah. so far. Yeah. When, when Pascal returns, is Gary in your starting, in starting lineup? No, I think I'm starting Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. Gary Trent is in there. I might start Scott. I God, you're putting me on the spot. It's my All job right, to forget, put you on the spot. You, forget you. you yeah, yeah. You go, go first, I'm, and then I'll go and take some time to think about it. <laughs> I want to go with size, right? I think who hurts yeah. in this is Malachi Flynn because he's just gonna sure. he's gonna bump down um, a little more, mm-hmm. bump down the depth chart. What I would like to see is Fred at the one. Um, mm-hmm. Then and and w- again, we've seen Scotty play everything from one through five in preseason, and he's been mm-hmm. impactful, right? He's not your biggest scorer, but he no. impacts the game in many in many many ways. Rebounds, uh, facilitating, and and he has the ability to score. I think he just has to get that confidence and believe it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So I would like to see Freddie, Pascal, OG, Scotty, and Achua 
as my lineup. Now you're starting right. Scotty the two. All right. Starting Scott Scotty at two. In fact, no, let's we could we could throw OG at the two. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Throw, it's the beauty of this go, team. They're any all, which way. I think OG positions, right what now, does it count? <laughs> I think OG right now, he does a really good job in pick and roll situations, uh, attacking sure. as well as finding guys. So he has he has a little edge there. Um, but I think with this lineup, one, we know you're going to be able to get out and run. Two, defensively, you don't have to worry about a second defender because we're creating offense from our defense. Uh, sure. And I, I think you're looking at it, and there, again, I said it earlier, there's always going to be a mismatch on the floor. Uh, if if mm-hmm. Fred's able to, he knows with this unit, he can be a scorer. He can be a pick roll. He has, he has the luxury of being creative with this unit, and these guys all slash to get to the basket. Um, OG's been a, been tremendous hitting. I don't think he's missed a three a corner three since that walk off three in the bubble, which <laughs> I'm I'm still high. I was looking at clips yesterday. I don't know if that was a, a, a better walk off than Batista's back throw. I'm still debating that. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that unit there, and I think you know when you have that, you give Gary Trent Jr. the the, the flexibility to just be a gunner with that second unit and be out of control sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, identify your game, find your shots, take your shots, and be comfortable doing that. But mm-hmm. this first unit, you have one. You have your investments that you that you've paid. A guy like Pascal. You also have Scotty. We took him at number four for a reason. If you've seen something, yep. in, and we're seeing it now, I, I had a friend say to me, actually Vivek, he's coming on here later, uh, that Scotty has a potential to him to be the ceiling of of uh, Magic Johnson. Now. I'm putting yeah. him on the spot. I'm throwing it out there and letting people. <laughs> let's do more of the Vex crazy takes on the pod. Right. Let's, keep, let's keep them coming. <laughs> but you're right. Like you have with that unit there, you have creativity, you have facilitators, and that's coming from a multi, you know, number of positions. So, mm-hmm. and then guys that can all take the basketball off the rebound and push it two, three dribbles and initiate your offense or get something early and fast break. If you're looking at this roster one through twelve. Again, I said it earlier, you're not going to have the best half-court offense. There's not a guy that you're going to look to and say, hey, you're going to get 30 from him every night. So what do you do? Mm -hmm. Play to your strengths, and that's using your length, your athleticism, and just playing to the advantages on just having that size advantage on every mismatch down the court. And I think you're always with that unit there, you're always going to have two mismatches at all times on the court. And if if you're able to post up guys and then find guys on the perimeter for shot, kick out for shots, these guys are pros. They're going to hit open shots. At a forty percent mm-hmm. clip, I like it a lot. Anything that puts Barnes, uh, OG, and Siakam together is something that I'm going to be a fan of. That said, I, I'm a little bit concerned if you take Trent out of that starting five. It's really like dependent on how well is Siakam shooting from three this season when he comes back from shoulder surgery, right? Because if he's at the level he was at last year, that's three guys who I would still classify as non-shooters. It, you know, as much as Achua is working on it, there's still a work in progress to be sure. Siakam are unsure. Barnes, I don't think you can expect to hit threes anytime soon. That's three guys that are really going to jam things up, which I think could be a bit of a concern. So here's my counter to you, Javon. In an ideal world, which I don't think, you know, we can't talk in the terms of ideal worlds because there are egos to manage and there's depth charts to be worried about and how things orient. And I think, honestly... The more interesting question is who closes versus who starts in this situation. But I think my like dream starting five and people are going to get mad because people are afraid of not having centers after last season. But guess what? They were really good when they played small last season. So my proposal is your best lineup. You roll with Fred, Gary Trent Jr. And then the Barnes, OG, Siakam, three, four, five. Who's the five? I don't really care. They're all just playing the same positions or switching everything anyway. And you have 
that five sum as your sort of go to. All right, this is our like version of the death lineup or whatever. It's never going to be the Warriors death lineup, of course, but it's a similar kind of idea where the defense is pretty impenetrable. You've got enough playmaking and shooting to kind of, you know, augment one another. Scotty Barnes is surrounded by guys who can hit shots. He's not sort of this anchor for the spacing. And I think that should be a lot of the time they're closing. Look, as much as I like, you know, Birch and Achua, I think there's the potential that that's your best five. And so throw your best five out. They were really good last season when they played small and they were playing super duper small because Norm Powell was playing the three and they had, you know, Lowry and Fred in the backcourt. This is a very different version of small ball. It's Fred Van Vliet. Yes, he's six feet tall, but then you have six, five, six, eight, six, eight, six, nine. I I think you are very happy with that in most situations, in most matchups outside of like the Sixers or the Nuggets. And I think you roll with it. Um, obviously I don't think that's going to happen as like the starting lineup, because that's going to push Achua and Birch both to the second unit, probably squeeze one of those guys. It won't have the same effect for Flynn, obviously, because you'll still have Dragic and Flynn off as reserves. And so you're just kind of moving the pieces and shuffling the ladder on a different part of the roster. But I I think for me, that's the five I want to see in most of the clutch time situations that are really going to matter for this team. Again, it's all the investment and all that guys, they've put all their money and draft pick capital into I think that's the five for me. What are your thoughts on that? Or are you, like a lot of Raptors fans, terrified of playing small ever again? <laughs> I'll say the difference is from, from last year to this year is, yes, you're playing small ball again, but you're playing small ball with guys that fight. And that's yeah. the Like, you can have a big, you can have a seven-footer that doesn't have the heart, doesn't have the grit, and it serves you no purpose. But Achua has shown us, right? Like, he can play, he could use his advantage against those bigger bigs and have it use his quickness, his quickness, right? Get in front of them, front the post, um, deny the post, just make it, you know, make it hard on post entries, right? Like if, if that big can't get the ball in the post, then what purpose does he have, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's not as much as, he doesn't hurt the team, hurt you as much if he can't get the basketball. He's not much of a threat. So I think that's the biggest difference. You have Kim and you have Achua that these guys are going to fight down low and, and Boucher, mm-hmm. the same, same, same situation. Um, they have a bit more fight, a bit more grit, and a, a bit more heart. And that's something that you can't teach. That's something mm-hmm. that even if you have a seven-footer that can score the basketball, it doesn't mean it's going to guarantee them points. It doesn't mean it's going to guarantee anybody success because you have to have a will to win. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, going all the way over to the WNBA, you see that with Diana Taurasi? Like, she's yep. just a winner. Even at, at her age right now, she just has the heart and has the will Oh, I see you. I see you. Yep. Phoenix Mercury, baby. <laughs> you just have the heart and the will, and that's something you can't teach. That it factor uh, is what separates. Now, if you have somebody who has skill and tough and has that it factor, that winning mentality, then you're in a world of problems. But mm-hmm. if not, then, hey, you know what? Roll your punches. Roll The guys are going to be tough. They're going to want to win. They're going to come in and work hard and, and, and believe and buy into what your, your, your team chemistry, your team philosophy. Yeah. I mean, the reason the utopia small ball look of Fred – Trent, OG, Siakam, Barnes probably isn't going to be the starting five is like you mentioned the three guys there, Birch, Achua, Boucher, like those guys all deserve rotation time. I don't think any of them are getting knocked out of the rotation and they shouldn't. So you're really kind of making it difficult to make those second units work unless you're playing Chris Boucher at the three, which I don't think you want to be doing like that is. I think a bit too difficult to make it work sort of rotation wise. These are good management wise. That's the thing. There are lots of good players on this team. It's like overflowing with effective dudes who kind of fit what the Raptors want to do. It's a far cry from last year where they, even their small ball lineups, they weren't even optimized lineups because they were so, so small. 
That won't be the case again this year, but they can play small. They can play big and like everyone could be six foot eight. It's all very exciting. And uh, I can't wait to see how it all comes together. No idea how it's going to translate to wins, but it's certainly going to be intriguing and entertaining to watch every single night. Uh, And Javon, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. It was lovely chatting with you as always. Uh, Where can people check out all the great stuff you got going on? Which TVs will you be on in the, in the coming weeks and days here? (laughs) We'll we'll work on it. I'll just pop up. I'm just going to pop up on your screen. Well, yeah, I mean, you're doing North Courts with CBC. You should definitely check that out. Hopefully we see you on Sportsnet again sometimes here soon because you were fantastic and it was lovely seeing you be part of that broadcast. Uh, along with Amy Otterbert, by the way, our uh, fellow uh, sideline reporter back when we were doing CBL stuff. It's wild yeah. that they paired me with you two. Unbelievable <laughs> decision-making on the CBL's part, but uh, I appreciate it because I got to work with some cool and good-ass people. With that, we will round out the show here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Just a heads up as to what's coming up the next few days. Herbie Kuhn, the PA announcer for your Toronto Raptors on tomorrow's podcast. Super excited for that. Maybe the voice that uh, I most associate with the Raptors, considering the amount of games I've attended, the sort of going back to the early days of Herbie Kuhn, always just kind of being there. Uh, Really excited to talk to him about his return to the Scotiabank Arena, missing last year, favorite names to say, as we know he likes to play little flourishes with the pronunciations. He's fantastic. Herbie Kuhn on tomorrow's podcast. Then next week, we're doing our over-under spectacular Monday and Tuesday with Vivek and Sahal. That'll be a blast. It's always my favorite episode of the year. And then on opening day of the season to tee things off, we're going to be joined by Alan Shane Lewis and Ann Pornell from the Great Canadian Baking Show. One of my favorite shows in the world that premieres on Sunday. And we're going to talk about the Raptors. Alan Shane Lewis, enormous Raptors fan, former guest of the podcast, Ann Pornell, working on becoming a Raptors fan. We're going to get her jacked up for the season and give her the do's and don'ts of Raptors fandom. It's going to be an absolute blast with Alan and Ann next week. So with all of that out of the way, Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. And now go and check out uh, Locked On Women's Basketball. New, normally I'd plug Lock on, Locked On NBA here, but Locked On Women's Basketball last night did a live reaction show with Erica Ayala and Haley McGoldrick from Sportsnet. Highly recommend you go and watch that. It's on their YouTube page, also on the podcast feed. Phoenix Mercury, baby. Let's go. Kia Nurse, win it for Kia, and all of that good stuff. That will do it. We will talk to you again tomorrow with Herbie Kuhn on another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.